0: You can't be serious, man. You
1: cannot be
2: serious! Now, just before I introduce the person we're going to speak to, um, Sue Stanley OAM, um, I just... Uh, I was mentioning uh, about coming back from stall and there were no bins at the rest area and it said, take your rubbish with you. And you said, well, why would they put bins there when the council workers have got to drive miles into the uh, country and roads... And I said, I'm glad, very glad you said that. And as I was about to say why I was glad you said that, uh, uh, Dr Ben Fordham rang in from um, uh, Sydney.
0: So you were rudely interrupted by Well, I
2: wasn't rudely interrupted, but uh, we interrupted. don't keep uh, Lord uh, Fordham working, uh, waiting. And I said, I'm glad you asked me that, because as I went past a truck stop where all the big trucks, the B-doubles go in and the driver's arrest... There were bins coming out their bottoms. There were bins everywhere there. So it was all right to put bins in at the truck stops, but not where the uh, cars just go in and you have to take your own rubbish. So if they had to come to pick those bins up, the council workers, why couldn't they pick the bins up at the other stops? And so that was that. And the other thing was, we've mentioned this plenty of times before, but I saw Mike Sheehan, who used to be on this podcast before at a function out at the Essendon Football Club. And we've mentioned this several times, but he brought it up, I think, in the paper, because you mentioned it to me, didn't you, that Mike Sheehan said that Joe Watson, who had the Brownlow medal taken from him in 2012 by just a ridiculously weak, lily-livered decision by the bloke who ran the competition then... I Can't give you his name, Gil McLaughlin. Uh, Fancy (laughs) taking uh, the Brownlow Medal off Job Watson because he did absolutely nothing wrong. It was a knee-jerk reaction to Uh. the drug scandal and all the bullshit that went on with it. And why he was uh, uh, deprived of taking the medal off him. And so Mick Sheehan says, as we have plenty of times, give Job Watson the medal back because heavens above, how pathetic, he was never charged with anything, no one was ever charged with anything, it was just all supposition, it was nonsense, so uh, we're just saying that now, now, Susan Stanley, OAM.
0: And I might um, add, hang on, one minute, I wasn't at the function in Essendon either.
2: No, you weren't but there.
0: Just to clarify.
2: So our uh, guest will be uh, bemused by this because um, our guest will probably know that uh, we have been linked romantically, Susan Stanley and I, and it's... No, she down.
0: doesn't. know. Good. Stop.
2: Well, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad she doesn't know because it's in, well, the so well, it was in the paper. anyhow, it's <laughs> in the paper. Yes. Yeah, so here we go. So, Duh. So, so you, so <laughs> you, so you, Sue,
1: you're looking at me so as, you can, as a... Can, so I'm who you planet. can hear
2: speaking is <laughs> a genuine celebrity icon of the entertainment industry. Superstar superstar, she is. And uh, we're um, very delighted that uh, Wendy Stapleton has joined us. Uh, As we say, as I say many times, her her raft, her wealth of experience, uh, when you Google her, you just can't mention it all. So we'll just piece together this... um, um, interview and she can enlighten us as to uh, how good she is. Oh, you're is. making me blush. No, that's <laughs> the, you just can't. It goes on and on about your achievements. I know it goes on and on and on. No, no no, 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 it's fantastic. So uh, first of all, welcome, Wendy, to... Uh, and so you've just... Uh, we had sort of a bit of a false start. You said you had COVID and now you've got over it.
1: Yes, I actually just tested negative yesterday. Mm. So uh, it was look really... Incon- inconvenient, more uh, than uh, anything.
2: And I said to you on the phone, it wouldn't worry us if you had COVID. I reckon I, I haven't had COVID. and I've been, in, I've been in the company of hundreds of people at Functions who have all tested positive for COVID, so it uh, wouldn't have worried me. But you weren't comfortable, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, it's a bit... You know, now, just let me tell you, it's for those uh, uninitiated who listen to this, uh, uh, Wendy is a singer-songwriter... She is a um, musical theatrical performer. She's a TV actress. Actress, uh, not an actor. I would like to uh, differentiate between the sexes. Actor and actress. Uh, now it's just woke to say actor, but that's ridiculous. If you've got two people called Kim who are actors, how do you know which one's a woman and which one's a man? Um, uh, uh, she's a TV actress and presenter and she's a backing singer, and she is a star. And um, I know very little about her, as in I've never met her before, but we are delighted, we recommend that we speak to you, and we love to speak to people of interest who are stars in the Australian genre of uh, the particular... Things that they do. So welcome. Well, thank you, but I have met you before. Oh Jesus, <laughs> have you? At Channel Nine. Oh, sorry. Many
1: many years ago, you came to sing on. I think what was the show that Frank Holden took over? It was. It was supposed to be a bit like the the nighttime IMT. Don't tell me I sang on it. You don't, did. Don't and I was th- there with Glenn Shorek
2: Oh, what a star! And
1: you were jokingly. Asking us for singing lessons. Oh, was I?
2: I, I? And you wouldn't have been able to give me enough.
1: Well, I thought you you were fabulous, but oh. Glen, Glen being Glenn just was really, really pulling your leg. But anyway, maybe you were so insulted by him that um, no. he was he wasn't insulting.
2: No, it. Oh, I loved He the, he was gorgeous. Uh, I, love, I don't but know him very well, just but didn't he's a star. I was
1: Standing right next
2: to him. Oh, f- I'm so sorry about oh, that. Oh, don't be sorry. No, I am sorry about that. <laughs> <And> now um, <coughs> I'm not sure. So it it said you started in 1963 I thought you must have been th- 6 when you started so you was, in 19 you started with Noel Coward's I, I read No this. I was
1: 9 when I started with
2: 9 Noel 1963
1: Cow- You were yep. 9
2: Yes was that was that in, in Noel Coward's um uh, play called sail away sail away yes you were nine yes he came
1: out to australia
2: i've subtracted nine i've subtracted your age from your birth date and i've uh, put an extra decade on you you were nine yes well fantastic so how did you so you obviously wouldn't have started your career at nine you must have started it well before then to be even in sail away well
1: my mum was desperate to be in a the theatre yes. and she was uh, in a... Uh, they were called concert parties during yep. the war. So until I was born, my poor brother Bill and my brother Robbie were made to go to dancing school. And they were seven, six and seven years older than me and the day that I could walk, literally, <laughs> they were off the hook. Uh, and um, I started dancing with uh, a big... Um, dancing school in the city called maydowns uh, which is now run by Rene and martini but uh, uh, yes yeah, so basically uh, all the kids that went to that dance school it was in Burke Street in the city and you were sort of um, introduced pretty much as uh, as long as you were old enough to do it uh, the theater children's pantomimes at at like Her Majesty's yep. Comedy Tiv, whatever, and we also did uh, once a week. We performed on a show on Channel Nine called The Tarak Show. Yes, it was that Happy Hammond? Ha- no, no, it was. Um, it was first of all it was King Corky. <laughs>
2: King Corky, he <laughs> was too. Yeah,
1: King. I Corky. remember him well. Yeah, and oh, then so Uncle well Norman. I couldn't
2: remember it wasn't uh, Happy. Yep.
1: Yeah, Happy was on Channel Seven. And the, I think that was called the Tarak Tarak's show. Well, I think Tarak's changed over. I but, see. Um,
2: King Corky. It was King was his Corky. Name Jeff Cork. What was his name? Jeff Cork. Jeff, Jeff Cork. Cork. Yeah, Corky. And, um, Corky. and gorgeous
1: Ernie Carroll was Professor yes. Matt Baggy. <laughs> and
2: remember. Jerry G. And Ronnie Blasco. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, Jerry so G. I started there when I was about seven. Did you ever hear Jerry G and Ron Blaskett uh, do f- sports nights? Oh yes! Oh, fantastic! Uh, Say what no came more. out of that uh, doll's mouth was extraordinary exactly. and very humorous. Now, and so you said you sounded as though, Wasn't there a musical out? So your daughter wants to be on the stage, Mrs. Worthington? Wasn't yes, that? A, a, yes. Was that, that sounds like how you started oh, your your daughter it, your you mother? What did you? could
1: have put it in a, in a better frame. That was exactly what it was like. But you know, she was fabulous. She was a great mum. Um, and totally um, dedicated and my, j- my life to her career, if that makes any sense. So.
2: And just on, and, and what a genius Noel Coward was. Uh, I, I don't know if you know much about him, but I don't know a hell of a lot about him. Only to know that he is an absolute genius.
1: Well, he was uh, actually, as I said, he came out because it was the first Australian. Uh, production, a Noel Coward production, so he flew out to Australia, which back then was a big deal. Yeah. You know, and um all the kids in the cast, there were six kids most of the kids were actually uh sixteen and fifteen but had to look young. And two of the youngest of us would just had to be young because that's what they had to have. So um consequently, you know, uh it was well reported that Noel Coward didn't I wasn't very fond of kids. No. <laughs> um, however, he was really gorgeous to Terry and I. And, um, you know, uh, obviously it was for publicity and stuff like that too, but actually took us next door to... There used to be a beautiful old cafe next to Her Majesty's. Yep. And took us in and gave us the chocolate, you know, no
2: That that's, uh, I. What a famous person to yeah. know. And he's much in the uh, ilk of uh, probably the most... Genius is Cole Porter. Yes. Uh, the stuff Cole Porter rang, mm. uh, rang, uh, wrote right. and yeah. uh, they are two of the um, icons of the industry. Yeah. Uh, but I digress. Um, so it's fantastic. Uh, now, who has uh, – we'll get on to uh, just uh, – we'll know about your band and uh, where you've headed and how you've headed. Who, in, uh, who or what inspired you to uh, do what you do? Did you? Uh, to I seal. know. I, I know you've been doing the um, uh, um, dusty. I was going to say silver That's black. Right. I know you've been doing the dusty Springfield review, and you're fantastic at that. I'm told. Haven't seen you do it, but uh, um, who would you have liked to have? Um, who who did you model yourself on? If anyone,
1: um, Wendy. Well, look, I don't really know that I modelled myself on anyone, but by the time I was about fifteen. I knew I loved theatre, but I really I really didn't want to be a dancer, even though I'd been through all of my exams and stuff like that. I really just started to lean towards singing. And uh, so before I was even 15, I think the, the, the day the world changed, and for a lot of kids too, was literally sitting in my bedroom with my brother and a band called The Beatles came on. Yeah. <laughs> and I was 10. And um, literally, I think it was, I saw his name on, on a photo the other day, uh, uh, Rema- Frank Ifield. Frank uh, Ifield yes. with
2: the falsetto. I, pe- saw- I, lo- no, I, know, I went and saw the Beatles in 64, but I was um, 18.
1: Fantastic.
2: I was 19. Uh, so I saw them and Frank I feel oh, I the remember support? you oh, no, no well, he wasn't was
1: he? no Well the thing was I actually saw see, we're talking about Facebook and I shouldn't because <laughs> I pretend I don't go on it Um I saw a beautiful picture yesterday of Tony Healy. Yes. do you know Tony Yeah absolutely the gorgeous Tony's move from Melbourne to Gold Coast yep. I think he's up there with Caddy and Russell Morris Yeah looking as though he's having just the best time.
2: What stars they are. Yeah. Yep. Well, there was a
1: beautiful photo of Tony Healy and Frank Ifield. Yep. And um, they looked like they were at either, I don't know, the races or a party or something. But, gee, I thought, isn't that fabulous? All these years ago when I remember sitting, hearing, I remember you and my brother and I, you know, because Robbie fancied himself as a bit of a singer as well. He wasn't bad. Um... Sitting there, I remember you.
2: That's right.
1: And uh, that finished and then the radio, the the DJ said, now there's this new, and then it started, oh yeah. That's right. And it was like literally our faces just fell off. It was like, what's this? What's this?
2: Yeah, that's right.
1: So that's where it sort of changed for me. I really (laughs) felt as though,
0: yeah. I and then you started up in, into a band. Um, that era was that when Susie Quattro was around as well, because there wasn't um, many
1: females. I started in the Rockets, which was when okay. I signed to Mushroom. That was in um, eighty, or actually as a solo artist seventy nine. Um, but before that, I'd been singing in bands, and I'd actually gone back and done some theatre shows as well. Uh, but really, that was when I started like touring with a with a band and. Recording, and you know, sort of doing the full on. That would have been a great chick. era.
0: Yeah, that w- it was a rock. And chick And I was because the most rock
1: chick. It, no, was, it was all f- face. You know what I mean?
0: Well, it's all an act, isn't it? I mean, that's what that's
1: what really. Know, I mean, I used to have to get people to dress me because I didn't want to get out of my trackies. So. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Incidentally, Frank Ifield, um, who uh, was a star Australian, he, I think he was Australian. He. Um, Lost his voice, didn't he? He couldn't sing. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, he lost his voice. He wasn't able to do it anymore after he had two or three or four hits. Really, and then he lost his voice yeah. because
1: he was. He obviously went to England. hot He obviously went to England because um, yes, I'm yeah, sure he, he was, was Australian. over there. Yeah, he's Australian, yeah. but he must have had big hits over there because yeah. he's very famous.
2: He he is, yeah. and. Uh, I, I remember you talk about um, you talk about the Beatles. I, I, you wouldn't be old enough, I don't think. Uh, but I remember. Do you remember Ed Sullivan? Yes. He, uh, what, right. Ed Sullivan uh, introduced Elvis Presley after Frank Sinatra and Tony Bennett used to be the uh, singers. And he, they, he, he was the first person to put Ed, uh, Elvis on television. And he warned people. Uh, that you might be offended by some of his moves, and uh, they were not allowed to show Elvis. had to show him from the hips up. Yes. They weren't allowed to show Isn't him gyrating. Brilliant? And do you think. Isn't and that uh, he was fat. And I, I don't know what you think, Wendy, but if there's. I know there's Taylor Swift and there's all the people, and Michael Jack. If there was anyone ever bigger in the industry than Elvis Presley, I'd like to know who it was, but you might have a different opinion about that.
1: Well, I. I've got to be honest, I sort of didn't really um, know... I knew Elvis Presley from movies, in actual fact, because when we were kids... Shocking movies,
2: but they were very successful. Well, you know, I just Mm. remember
1: going to a big... You know, I think it was... You know the Regent Ballroom now? Yep. I'm sure that at one stage the basement was a a picture theatre... Or was it? I think it was. I think they had the theatre in the middle and downstairs they turned it into a picture theatre. And I remember, that's what we called it, a picture theatre. Picture. A picture theatre. And we we all, Mum would take us to see Elvis movies. So I sort of knew that side of Elvis much more than I knew his musical, uh, as per se, performance.
2: And the world never had a chance to see Elvis other than in America because uh, his boss or his manager, Colonel Tom Parker... Wasn't naturalized, and he was a bit of a devil. And they said if he ever went out of the states, uh, he'd never be allowed back in. So therefore, Elvis never toured the world. Out, never toured the world. Yeah, only went to Hawaii, which is obviously part of the states.
1: You know, I, I've got to say I really um, thank Baz Luhrmann for doing the movie yep. recently. It was fantastic. A whole, not one generation, more than one generation, two, three. Three generations or four generations of kids would never have bothered or or known the the story about Elvis's life nope. had it not been for this movie.
2: Nope. Um,
1: and whether whether you like it or not, at least you can see his life story and That's that interesting thing about Colonel Parker. Yeah,
2: so it would have been very easy uh, to make that movie and put all his great songs and all shows, but to show the background and the backstory of how he uh, evolved it, yeah. what I thought it was very clever yeah. and uh, very very interesting
1: see I loved that too I loved the way that you know they showed him as a kid sneaking into the yeah. gospel you know churches and 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 you know evidently throughout his life he always referred back to those those days is where he got his love of you know people said well how do you sing so soulfully and that the movie sort of explained that, didn't it? I thought it was good. Yep,
2: no, it was fantastic. Did you en- uh, did you do you enjoy backing artists? Uh, and what intrigues you about some of the people you backed? Were they temperamental? Were they uh, <laughs> were they um, uh, pleasant? Uh, wh- well, ha- I did, what that did Some of your experiences I did backing um, the people.
1: I did that ma- mainly in the mid to late seventies when I. Started singing in bands before I was signed up myself. Yes, I'm going to get uh, on And that I was a minute. very fortunate girl. I I was working with Coxie, who I believe yes, you know. Yes, Jeff
2: Cox, know him well.
1: Good old Coxie. Yeah. And um, this girl from AAV, it was known as at yep. the time, Armstrongs, yep. uh, came down to the gig to s- just to see Coxie, and I was the singer. And so she said, can I have your phone number? I'd like to book you for sessions. I didn't know what session. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't have the phone on. Because we'd just moved into a flat in Chapel Street and I hadn't had the phone on. And um, and she thought I was pulling her leg. So I think she was just so determined to prove that she could book me. She sent me a telegram. Oh dear. Telegram. How telegram. quaint telegram. is that? Yeah. This was in late in the 70s. So I went to AAV and um, my first big jingle was for a guy called Peter Best. And um, Best has written some of the fabulous... All of the music for Crocodile Dundee and stuff like that, but I did the jingle on the Thursday, and on Monday the ad was on television, and I couldn't believe it. So I, what, what <laughs> was it? Boy, was did a I get that phone on fast! <laughs> <laughs> what was a jingle? It was called Torino. Torino was like um, Fanta. Yep. And it was uh, in the days of when they were doing uh, the Coke commercials. It's the real thing. Yeah.
2: Big M. We did all the Big M stuff. So who was the person that wanted to book you? That, uh, or did Her you name? mention that? <clears throat>
1: okay, get ready for this. Yes. It's true. Lisa, it was Lisa Van Blowdrop.
2: <laughs> right.
1: Now I'll spell that.
2: Yes, no, do that. that will be good.
1: V-A-N. V-A-N. Now obviously she's Dutch. Oh yes. But Australian.
2: Yes.
1: B-L-O-T-R-U-P.
2: B L O U.
1: No, B L O. I think.
2: Yep. D R U P. D R U. Blowdrop. Blowdrop. Blowjob. Yeah.
1: No, I didn't say that. I said well, blowdrop. Well,
2: di- no, blowdrop.
1: Uh, that
2: you no. Know, surely that's.
1: That now, if you're listening, Lisa, so I. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, that's good. So, so Lisa Blown Blowdrop, she uh, got you to do, got you into the business. <laughs> it's extraordinary. And why wouldn't you? Uh, now, how extraordinary! Now, now, just to move, I'm going to speak about your band and the Rockets and all that. I just, but you mentioned your husband Paul Norton yes. and you. Did you did you do the theme for Neighbours? Yes. What does that mean? Nothing. No, no. But, <laughs> no, but what, did you write it? No. No, you no. sang it.
1: Neighbours, the theme song, was written by uh, Jackie Trent and Tony Hatch.
2: Oh, was it? Not for Neighbours. Was, was yes, it? yes. For, for specifically for that for series. Yes, and That's and the
1: first person to record it was Barry, um, Cro- you know, gorgeous Crocker. Barry Crocker. Yes. Right, so he did the original Basin version. Basil McKenzie. Yeah. Yeah. Baz did the first version and they kept that for, I'm guessing, I'm not positive, for probably ten years yeah, or, you know, around about. And then they uh, would s- uh, have someone else and I'm trying to think of, I think a guy called Greg Hind, who actually moved over to America and he now is the lead singer in the American version of LRB.
2: But, oh, yeah. But
1: Greg, fabulous singer. Uh, now I'm thinking that was Greg. Then Greg did a version and then... Um, I got a stint on Neighbours as Delta's mother, Delta Goodham's mother. Yes, it was the most ridiculous <laughs> character I've ever <laughs> played in my life. I mean, she just woke up every day; she was wackier. Um, that would have been hard to play when you don't like the character. Well, it was. It wasn't that I didn't like the character. What happened was, um, Delta and I had done a month, you know, of of the proposed five month stint of just for me, to be in the show. And unfortunately, uh, we drove home together. To She lived in Port Melbourne. The car would drop her off first and drive me home. And that was on the Friday night. And by the Sunday evening, Channel 10 had rung all of the cast of Neighbours announcing that she'd been diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Wow. So, that being bad enough, consequently, overnight, Mainly my script. <laughs> my, my next four months had to change drastically, so they just made it up as they went along. And boy, <laughs> yeah. did they make it up as it went along. And um, it just got sillier and sillier and sillier. But getting back to the Neighbours theme, I was there and at that, at that time or even years before, Neighbours had been using Paul's songs for the Mushroom catalogue because Mushroom had the publishing yep. mm. catalogue for Neighbours. So they were already using a whole heap of his songs and then the producer or director or someone uh, who knew Paul, because Paul was a boom operator at both Channel 9, Channel 10, Channel 7, um, to get Paul in to sing the Neighbours theme and seeing I was on the show make it a duet. Oh. So that's that's... So but we did.
2: So on, going on from that, so all the, so that and all the people that you back, if their uh, recordings are successful, do you get uh, residuals? And no. So no. so the backers don't get that? Do you get residuals every time uh, that's played? Oh, well, Neighbours uh, still on? Uh, Neighbours not on, or is it? No,
1: not with Neighbours, because you see, the thing is that you only get residuals if you write things. VoiceOver in Australia was always a different thing. People that did Voiceovers were with the Actors' Equity back in those days. And Actors' Equity were much, much stronger than the Musos' Union. And the Actors' Equity had fought for uh, voiceovers and actors, etc., to uh, get what they called rollover from all around the world. Whereas with the Musos' Union, we got Sweet FA and you would get a one-off fee and um, what sometimes what they would do is if it was a very big campaign, they would say, "Well, this is going to be used for short term, or long term, and if it was long term, your fee would be higher." Yep. But no rollover.
2: Now I did I, I dipped a toe in the water early, uh, Wendy, by saying. Um was there any temperamental people or people you didn't like uh, backing or because of whatever reason they were a bit uh, pedantic or presumptuous? Or, uh, and I don't want you to uh, destroy any reputations. Yeah, no, but I We'd like you to. I wouldn't do that. No, uh,
1: but I wouldn't so do that, so but I've got so to, Did you honestly. back any
2: overseas artists or um, mainly just Australian talent?
1: No, backing No backing was always actually... What I did for back BVs was uh, studio. So yep. uh, I did uh, two, three of Joe Camilleri's albums. Yes. Um, did Glenn Shorick's? Uh, one of Farnham's.
2: Yes. Um, all get on all well with them. They're all good people.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. No, really, they no, are. No, they, I can they really understand. are. Yep. Uh, there were a couple of stroppy um, direct. Uh, what do I call it? That they're not directors. They're called producers, yep. record producers, yep. that came out from overseas. Yep. Um, and I won't mention their names. No. But there were a couple Give of people... Give us their
2: <laughs> initials. No, it's a joke. Wouldn't make any sense anyway. No, wouldn't. Anyway. Make, no, wouldn't.
1: Uh, but uh, a couple of people who actually really quite thought highly of themselves. That's
2: right. Got it, just got over the top of their skis a bit. Yeah, that's mm. right. But um,
1: not the artists. No. The artists. Australians. I found. Generally, Australians are pretty... They can try it on, but they generally know that they're not going to get away with being
2: yeah. uh, they be Stupid. found out to be wankers. You don't so. meet many. No. Because
1: we, as the other people that work with them, just won't let them be. You know, I don't think we're as afraid to just say, get off your horse, you know.
2: So so you, you very successfully have done... Um, um I only want to be with you. The Dusty Springfield story. Yep. Um, who else? Who else would you would you like to um, do? Anyone else in that genre? No, not or really. That,
1: that was quite accidental.
2: Did you after li- did you, were you attracted to her because you liked liked her, or were you just asked to do it? No, I'll tell you.
1: I was doing a show with um, all of the guys from Rocky Horror. Uh, Russell Crowe was in it. Did you ever come and see us do that, Bad Boy Johnny? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. So it was Steve Bastoni, Daniel Abeneri, Simon Westaway, Russell Crowe, all of these guys from Sydney that were in the Rocky Horror Show. Yep. Came down to Melbourne to do a rock musical called Bad Boy Johnny. It was on at the Comedy Theatre, and I was given a role of Johnny's mum, Mary, and um,
2: so. uh, What's the bloke from? it's been out in the boat I shouldn't remember his name the Brian was in it Brian Mannix yeah. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't yeah. think of his name I know Brian well, well so Brian, well I forgot his name
1: yeah, well, Brian and I I used to drop him home after the theatre actually because he lived up the road we've been friends a long time Yeah, and actually Casey was born during yes she was no, born Casey. during the yeah. show
2: no Casey yep
1: um not on the stage with Sue yeah. laying there like that. No, um, I remember the night Casey was born because Brian and I were on stage and then we all celebrated. Right. However, uh, yeah, so we did that show and the director, watching that, he he was madly in love with Dusty Springfield and uh, maybe about six months after that show finished, he said, I'm thinking of writing this show about Dusty Springfield's life, would you be interested? And of course I was interested because I love her music. And I said yes, but I didn't think any more of it. It took maybe uh, another two years for it to come to fruition, but um, uh, Glenn Elston from the Australian Shakespeare Company Mm -hmm. and the guys from the Athenaeum Theatre became the producers and they put that on and I think that was in about 1994... We did it around Australia a couple of times and then New Zealand. Oh, when
2: you say we did it, you, you, sang, all the the you yep. sang all the songs? Yeah. You sang all the songs? How many songs did you... Did you know them or did you have to learn them
1: all? Oh, no, I had to learn a lot. Yep. Um I knew a lot of them because yeah, uh, one of the... the
2: main ones, I one suppose. Of,
1: you know, the main ones, like Only Want to Be With You, I yep. knew when I was a teenager because you yep. loved it, you know. But a lot of the stuff from Dusty and Memphis, a lot of the, yep. you know, songs that she uh, recorded in the States, I had to learn. Um, but I just absolutely loved it so much, and we did the show for about four years over in England as well. Yeah,
2: oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um,
1: and we did that that production, and then uh, came back to Australia, and then I just over the years turned it into a bit more of a I could take it to clubs yeah. because you can't just keep doing the theatre. No. The, the producers no. won't just keep doing that's it. right. So I adapted it myself into
2: more just a, a cabaret show. Just a, like an extension of the Carol King they had. Carole That's exactly King. right. Yeah, yeah, I went and saw it. Yeah.
0: But you, you are absolutely underestimating yourself um, because you were fantastic in that. Oh, I'm fantastic. Because right. you, A, looked like it and you also sounded like you. the reviews were just outstanding on it. So you must have had a great time doing it.
1: I had a wonderful time doing it once my throat got <laughs> used to doing... Ah. all that work I I must admit at first it was just too much it was daunting and um, eventually they had to get an understudy for me to do because Fridays and Saturdays we would do back to back shows they weren't like an after matinee and an evening show they were one show at 6 and another show at 10 and I was singing 70 songs wow. uh, so I had a shocking time but then eventually you get muscle memory mm. in your because your, your vocal cords are a muscle and my musical director robert gavin was <laughs> fabulously camp and he used to say to me oh don't be silly it's just a silly old muscle <laughs> and i home thinking yeah yeah that's to your silly old muscle you try doing you Very try weird. doing it uh, <laughs>
2: um so, so was it financially a good thing to do? Were you well remunerated I for was. doing 70 songs of I, I
1: was. I was. I, yeah. Of course, the first six months I did it for a, a, a certain fee mm. that you would look at it now and think, no, that mm. wasn't enough. Because yep. also, I guess the producers, no-one knew whether it was going to work. No. It started at the comedy club in Carlton. Okay.
2: Yeah. So... Um, so when it did work, did you have... Uh, uh, enough uh, legal clauses to say, well, if it goes to another level, this is uh, what I think I should be remunerated Well, when I
1: first went into it, I didn't have... Because I'd left... You know, I didn't have the rockets anymore, so I didn't have my manager or I didn't have any representation. But six months into doing Dusty, a beautiful man who just recently passed away, and you may have known him, called Gary Stewart... Did you know Gary Stewart?
2: Uh, I An don't agent?
1: He used to be, oh, yeah, yeah, used to be floor manager indeed. at Channel 9 I when I was indeed. a little girl. Yes, I did yes. indeed. Yeah. So Gary by then had become one of the biggest agents yep. in Australia. And he came to see the show. And he was so beautiful. And he remembered me from doing the Tarak show. Yep. And uh, he became my agent. But he was so he was like your dad, you know. Yep. And he negotiated a fabulous deal. Good. For me from then on in.
2: So, and who, if it wasn't Dusty Springfield, if someone came and said to you, we'd like you to do the same thing with who else, with who else would no, you know? No, I wouldn't do it again. Wouldn't do it again with no, anyone? No, 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 once
1: is enough. You know, yep. I just don't want to go around being. S- <laughs> s- that was an accident that actually worked. Right, it was an accident yep. that worked. Um, I didn't when I finished with Wendy and the Rockets. I was used to just being me, Wendy Stapleton. I didn't look to be something else. Yes. But this just came along and it clicked.
2: So the uh, so the Wendy Stapleton band was before Wendy and the Rockets. Yes. This, so ha- why why did you? What is the Wendy Stapleton band? What how did you? Basically, start that?
1: anyone that was game enough to play with me. Uh,
2: so, so you had to have. So you're not a you're not an instrument musician. You're a singer. I can play instruments. Oh, you can. But
1: people don't like it when I
2: do. No. So, so, <laughs> so the Wendy Stapleton band. You, you said you got some friends and said, yeah, would well, you like well, to come example, and back me and we'll yeah, go and do some." It, it
1: would be, um, for example, you know, when I worked with Coxie all those years ago, um, we worked at. Gigs like the Armadale Hotel, the Town Hall, which was opposite AAV. That was a very trendy, um, all the advertising agency people used to go there. And um, so, unless we could think of something, you know, oh, the Jeff Cox band, or, you know, the Keith McKay band. That's right. The Wendy Stapleton band. So, basically.
2: So, who was the Wendy Stapleton band? Cox?
1: Cox, a guy called Keith McKay. Yep. uh, On bass, Ronnie Murphy, a guy called Ronnie Murphy, Gary Hyde. Uh, percussion, yep. uh, Mark Chu on guitar. So these, uh, there were a lot of different musos these days. Um, with Coxie. We were I was supposed to do um, Saturday night with Bobby Valentine. Yes, Bobby Valentine. Coxie, uh Tony Naylor from you know uh, the Bootleg Band, Brian yeah. Cadden, the Bootleg Band. Band. Yeah, been. so all of these fabulous musos. Yeah. So,
2: so you 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 enable them. Th- in work, you you sort of was a it was a good thing to yeah. just be yeah. engaged and employed yeah. and earning a, a a quid. And then yeah. Wendy and the Rockets. Now, w- what about that? Um, well, in actual fact, play the game. I think was, yeah. The, was the, single, that, yeah, the yeah that yeah that was so Wendy and the Rockets. What why was that different from um, the Wendy Stapleton okay. Band? or wasn't it, it? Was just rebranded?
1: No, it was totally different. Um, why the, was it? Okay, it was a it was a whole different style of music. When I when I was signed to Mushroom, I actually um, I actually got that deal by doing some demos with David Briggs from Little River Band. Yep, and he'd been my friend since I'd met him when I was about eighteen or nineteen, and he um, was gorgeous and just said, "I want you to do some demos. I want you to get try and get a record deal." So I did some covers. I, the, actually it was Harder Stone, Rolling Stone song. Yep. So I did that, and I was signed to Mushroom. Michael Godinsky signed me up.
2: Mm, Michael Godinsky.
1: Yep. And um, so yep. I had a solo deal, and I started to realize that this is really difficult because I could do certain sort of shows, but to get out there and do that circuit that was really big back then—you yep. know—you could work every night of the week yep. at those great big beer barns and stuff. I really needed a band. So that I could get out there and people could um, get
2: yep. become familiar with you. Where you know? the rockets come from? Rockets. Well,
1: in actual fact, um, I got I got a little band together. I really only wanted to hire or hire. That sounds terrible. Yep. Ask the drummer to join me, but his band was a, uh, my, These guys were from a punk band who had a massive fight on stage one night, <laughs> and they didn't get past the opening number, and they had to close <laughs> the curtain. <laughs> Fantastic. And so, um, (laughs) and it was at the Bondi Lifesavers, evidently, and uh, so they, they all split up and someone had said, this guy, I won't mention names, this guy is a fabulous drummer, you should get him. So I contacted him. And the other three guys, who'd all bashed each other up, um, even though they'd done that on stage, they were best mates. So they all turned up at my place, whether I wanted them to or not, and they sort of just wouldn't go away. <laughs> so I got them all.
2: And what was the... How the Rockets, the term, word Rockets, well, what was that about? the
1: guitarist from that, from that band. Yeah. We, we said, well, we'll have to make up a name because I'm not going to put, yeah. you know, Wendy and the,
2: yeah. the band that had yeah, a punch-up
1: on stage... So, so we better think of something else. Yeah, oh, so
2: that's so that he actually made the name up. Yes. and then it there was a second version of Wendy yes. and the Rockets. Yes, wasn't was because there not? the
1: first version punched each other up
2: again. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that wasn't
1: then. everyone left except the drama. Yes,
2: holding. He's a jinx, the bloke that.
1: <laughs> You've got to laugh. In actual fact, they were the loveliest boys.
2: And then, then they, they had a punch up in, in Wendy and the Rockets. Oh, but it. not on stage this no, time. No, 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 no. So then it uh, disbanded and reformed. Or was yes, that, but
1: happened? I kept the drummer.
2: <laughs> he wasn't the bloke, he wasn't the fly in the ointment, was he? No. No. Uh, how long after the first, how long did it? Take to reform them again. Or well, I
1: actually took a break, <laughs> uh, as yeah, you would. Yeah, because life threatening it was. Uh, it was. Yeah, yeah. As, as you would. I took a break and um, then gradually just uh, from word of mouth um, uh, gathered together some fabulous musos. Um, Adrian came down from Sydney. He was he was with Mark Hunter band.
2: You know, yes, ex- Mark Hunter, yeah, Mark Hunter.
1: Yeah. Um, Joey Amenta, who was with um. Uh, Started started off as a 15-year-old on Countdown with a band called Taste, with Virgil Donati and all those young little geniuses, Kenny Murdoch, and then he did Russell Morris Band, Daryl Cotton, um, uh, Joey
2: is amazing. The encyclopedia of uh, people who, uh, the names that you mentioned that I am know half of them that you've mentioned and the other half I don't know, yeah. the encyclopedia of people who make the industry in Australia go around is extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, fabulous. And, and the talent. Yes. Yeah. People underestimate just yeah. how many talented people there are out there doing we were, this.
1: We were very lucky too because as I said, see, we went to England to record the first album with the, the second line-up. And it went on a show called The Tube. Now, The Tube is a bit like Countdown. Yep. The compare was um, uh, Jules Holland, um, who's a very famous pianist, and um, uh, Michael Hutchence, uh, you know, yeah. Paul, Paul, Paulie Yates.
2: Yeah, Paulie Yates. Yeah. She was
1: the compare. Was she? The two of them. And And everyone in Australia and in London, when I was flying up to Newcastle in... England, to do the show, rang me up and wished me luck and said, we hope you get Jules interviewing you and not Paula. Because Paula used to really... Oh, she yeah. wanted to get you right in...
2: Just keep, keep your... Yeah, that's yeah. right. Keep so I wrist.
1: flew up with Ivor Davis <laughs> from um, you know, Flowers. And he's, he had the, his big hit at the time was Hey Little Girl. yeah, you know, the beautiful... Yep, I hey do. Little Girl. Yep. So we flew up there with our managers to do this show, which is called The Tube and um i was sitting in the makeup room and there was this heavily heavily pregnant girl sitting next to me and as sam as you'd be aware like when you're in a makeup room at like channel 9 and wherever yep. there are people from other shows yes you know yep. someone might be from the news it might be yep. from the gardening show right. you're all sitting there so you're not quite sure who's on what mm. and i just started talking to this heavily pregnant girl and saying oh you know when are you going to and so we got on quite well and uh, by the time the show started, it turned out that Paulie Yates was interviewing me and she couldn't be rotten because she'd just been all nice to me in the <laughs> in the makeup <laughs> room. So she took it out on poor Ivor. Did she <laughs> She gave him hell. Yeah.
2: It's extraordinary, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Uh,
0: it uh, must have been a, gr- a great era back then, especially with the other singers, which is probably, I reckon, is missing today. Because there's one thing I really remember about you, uh, because... You, uh, like a, both of us, we're Australia Day ambassadors and we used to go into the country. I remember seeing we all ended up at the uh, Sorrento RSL, I think it was, at the back. And then we've all just landed there. And then all these singers around your era, then they started jamming. And then they just all just sang. And it was, what, Bobby, Bobby Valentine. Yeah. There was yourself. Everyone. There was, it was everyone everyone Lisa turned Edwards, up. Come, yeah. Everyone turned up. Lisa and, Bade. Yeah. And uh, Nichols. Um, Nicky Nichols. Nichols. May Parker. Yeah. And then you just like one sing you you'd get up and sing and then someone else would then just get up and sing it just rotated it was absolutely
1: fantastic it was and what I was getting back to I'd forgotten my purpose for telling you that story however the thing was during that show when Paula was questioning us she had picked up on a comment that I'd made about the fact that you could work any night of the week in Australia which was true. Because I remember, uh, you know, um, Vinnie and the Vibrators used to do Monday Night at the Roxy. <laughs> 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 you know, all Some of the names. Fabulous, because <laughs> I know. Uh, Lisa Van Blojo, I yeah, think yeah, probably could fabulous. have
2: possibly uh, started that band off. Yes, she, yeah. c-
1: she could have. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but Paula picked me up on that, because in England, seriously, and even to this day, I'm not sure, but there were never that many like just pubs because pubs are tiny there. Yeah. You know, they're literally like a quarter of this room. Yep. Right. So they didn't have any idea of the big beer barns that we have. And she sort of sort of fell short of just almost calling me a liar, saying no one can work, not even in Europe, no one can work every night of the week. And I didn't want to argue with her, it was way too scary. But I, I thought, well you can. Yeah. And yeah. that's why our musos are so fabulous because we've done our homework. Yep.
2: So um, do you get a little bemused that um, Australia Day tends to be diluted by the naysayers uh, as as it goes on? Or
1: Yeah, but the thing is that that was going to happen. I could even see that a long time ago. I could see that starting to happen. Um,
2: Why is it starting to happen? Uh, well, I don't know. No, the, but... The, but I don't, I don't Well want to because get I guess a it.
1: lot of people um
2: a lot of people you know, I'm watch. just being logical. A no, lot, of course if, a, I lot of I pe- agree a lot with of people a lot of people
1: don't uh feel that it's relevant. I've, I what, feel what, what that I feel I dis- feel that we're Australians so we can <laughs> have a date. But the th- a lot of people sort of um uh, uh don't don't feel that it's relevant anymore they but i don't know what else, what, do, what else are we going to have i know that why
2: don't we have raw prawn day or something
1: <laughs> right? more Who relevant can more relevant argue the, with the, that?
2: the country is what it is today because australia we're uh, it's beyond me and it's not disrespect it's just beyond me this country is here and it is doing what it does because of it started off, and when people settled here, and it's not disrespectful; it's just a logical. It's just obvious. Yeah. Well, the thing uh, is that nothing much we can do about other people's
0: opinions, no. is it? But they were the good days. We had some great Australia days. Oh, oh we, we had, had some very,
1: <laughs> very, very fun occasions, and you know. And I think um, look, you know, I remember being ambassador and. Go as you said, um, Sorrento, and yeah. we did Sorrento in the morning, and in the afternoon, Paul and I ended up having to go up to the races at Mornington. No, um, behind Red Hill. Oh. oh, Red Hill is it called? No, what's yeah, it called? Yeah, it's
2: called Red Hill. Oh, uh, 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 it's sort of like quite a
1: famous racetrack in the behind Frankston ish.
2: Uh, uh, Cranbourne. Uh, Cranbourne Race Track. Yeah, Cranbourne. No, it wasn't Cranbourne. No, I wouldn't. It's,
1: no, it's more Long like near Red Hill and stuff. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But we went there. I know you kicked on, and, and you know you, you kicked g- on. You have to do the good old national anthem, and everyone joins in, and then just straight back to the races and. And it was fabulous and James Raine was there with um, yeah, his yeah. partner at the time and having a picnic, everyone was just having, having a good fun. old day out. Yeah.
2: Now, do you have uh, aspirations? Uh, not that uh, um, you would push uh, any of your, like your mother. Uh, do, do you have aspirations for Ali Mack, your daughter? Well, Ali already does her own thing. Uh, but Is she like international quality to go and do that? Well, I'm told she is a sensational singer. She's a
1: great singer. Uh, she's very different. Uh, from me, and so different from... Actually, we, we wonder whether she... And that's you and Paul's daughter? We wonder whether daughter? we're her parents.
2: You and Paul's... Yes, yes. that's right. Yep. She
1: has the clearest, cl- you know, clean voice, yep. and, I mean, you couldn't get two more gravel gutses than... than <laughs> could you? You know us. Um, but, no, she's fabulous, and... Um, well, Ali's, Ali's her own person. She's, she does her original stuff as Ali Mack, and she also does... Uh, uh, loads of other um, gigs with, with bands, with Laura Davidson and people like that. Um, and she just finished her Master's in Art and Cultural Management. So she's just started working for a fabulous online publication called Aeon. Yep. Which is run by the... Um, Aeon. 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 Yeah, Aeon. A-E-O-N. Publishing. Yep. So I think that's Aeon. run by yep. the Haynes family.
2: The Haynes family. Yes. I think you know Cathy. Yeah, I do. Is that uh, the Haynes family we're talking about? Yes, well... Oh, I know Cathy uh, well. Young
1: youngest brother... Really? ...is Ellie's boss now.
2: Is that right? Yes. Ah, I know I know them reasonably well, yeah. Well,
1: I, I, I haven't met Ellie's boss yet, but I know Cath well.
2: Yes. They're nice people. Uh, very nice people. Yeah. Extremely nice so people. So she's,
1: she's got a real job. <laughs> <laughs> now, Wendy,
0: I want to know how you met... This is it. How you met an FBI
1: agent? Oh, you've been talking to David. I Mann. have not. You <laughs> have. Okay, we were doing a show at Capers yes. in Hawthorne. Yeah, remember? And after the show, David and Annie, were you there? No. Okay, because I know you're all friends. David and Annie, man, you know David and I Annie, I do, Mann. indeed. David sent a message backstage saying that he had some friends from the States as guests in the audience and would I like would I would I mind? Well actually David never says that, he never puts you on a spot. If you feel like it, come out and have a drink and say hello. And I thought, yes, this is lovely. So I went out and I met this lovely oh two guys, but one of them was a spy. No, 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 is it not a spy? What do you call it? Agent. An an agent. FBI. No, an FBI yeah. agent. And of course I knew David was telling the truth, because David just tells the truth, but also he's very heavily involved with um uh with the police. The police and the emergency, emergency services. Emergency that's services. Right, yeah. And so we we were chatting and having a lovely wine and um the more and more you know the stories went on, my eyes started bulging out a bit because, you know, he was he was I sitting with this like you know, I was a bit FBI agent. FBI agent. CIA you know, you And personal. I'm thinking, has, you know, where's his badge? <laughs> you know, where, has he, is he packing? Is that what you call yeah, it? Yeah, packing, yeah. Is he packing? Yeah. And I think all of the above was correct. <laughs> <laughs> so did
0: you I see I his badge? Did you ask him for his badge? Or did you?
1: I think I did. <laughs> no, we
2: hear, we hear, Wendy, that you stroked it. <laughs> as oh. though it was, uh, you were rubbing And it.
1: you're going on about Lisa Van Bloedrop, and now you're... <laughs>
2: No, I said, stroke his badge. Just because you like to just was sort of polishing it. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's oh, getting more ridiculous. So <laughs> I think
1: David gets more pleasure <laughs> out of it. This story grows and grows <laughs> like, like his badge. Really. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's fantastic.
0: Now, you have also another a passion, <laughs> getting off the FBI agent's badge, yeah. uh, the Australian Women's
1: Choir. Yes, I started that. Actually, it's 10 years coming up in January. Ten years, I, I just had the desire to start a choir for rock, song, uh, rock choir, you know, for women, any age. Uh, and also, I didn't want to audition people. I just figure that, you know, this sounds like cliché, but it sort of is true. Everyone can sing. It just depends to what degree, right? And some are better than others. Agree. Well... The thing is that this group... I I actually just had to put in a list yesterday for security reasons and I listed all my girls. And if everyone turned up at once, which they never do, there's 54 of them. I've got 54 fabulous women. And um, over 10 years, people come and go, you know, for various reasons. Some people go and come back and blah, blah, blah. Anyway... It's more than a, a choir now it's like you 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 look at them they're all on cruises together they go on holidays together
2: so so, so, so the choir wh- wh- where does the choir perform what, what 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 do they do
1: okay it's a rock choir so basically we well, do
2: meaning you sing what
1: uh, well we try and uh, we try and specifically stick to if possible um, Australian songs like what uh, when the war is over under the Milky Way um, don't Change, um, Goanna, A Solid Rock. Yeah. I still call Australia home, which we always do for the Order of Australia Awards. Yeah. Um, I Am Australian. Um, I see, yeah. yeah. So,
2: and where do you perform those? Okay, we... Backed f- Mike f- Brady. Venues and functions.
1: MCG. Yeah, I see. Uh, we did the variety. You may have been there a few times, the variety luncheons for the grand final. And my girls I all see. stood up on the stage with Mike I Brady and yeah. we did the... Breakfast on television, the big... I see. Was it, What De- was that? The big, you know, North... Uh, the at, North Melbourne breakfast, isn't it? You know, the one Grand they final. televised. Yeah. We did that. Yep. Yep. Now north there, Melbourne. I nearly had my girls in a punch-up. Because my, at rehearsal, and of course uh, Fiona Schneider was doing floor management, it's being televised. So you've got to look... You know this. Yep. You've got to look at how it all... So I've got the 55 girls on stage. Of course, they all turn up for telly, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. there they are on the stage with Mike in the middle and Fiona said um, the director has brought in a bi- massive box of uh, scarves, all every uh, mm-hmm. every team's colours. Yes. Uh, would the girls please throw them on around then? Yeah. So, of course, you've got 55 women all running to this massive box and grabbing scarves. Mm. And, of course, everyone's doing their best to grab Their team, but there wasn't enough because Hmm. the the choir, in a funny way, sort of is Essendon centric. (laughs) I'm glad you (laughs) said Essendon, not Collingwood. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. No, I meant the area, yeah, Yeah. not the team necessarily, but that's where. But so it's looking pretty balanced. But there were two, two or three girls. (laughs) One of them I went to school with, Um, and. They've said, can you separate the, the, the scarves? There's too many, and I won't say which team, too many of this team just there, so get the girls to swap. And so Fiona's walked down to the front of that big stage, the planetarium, is that what it's yep, called? Yeah. Yep, yep, there it is. She said, excuse me, girls, uh, would, you, uh, would you, and you and you, can you swap scarves? And Murray Ma- just turned, she said, no. No way. Like this. <laughs> and I'm standing there like, I'm like the dancing teacher, you know, did she just say no? Mm. I, and Fiona said, um, "Oh, she came back to me. She said they just said no." Well, I walked up and I said, "Excuse me, girls, could you please swap sc- scarves?" And they said, "No." I said, "Swap scarves." Yeah, swap scarves. <laughs> uh, well, that's it. They, or no, they knew they were out. You, yeah, hot. Yeah. We're we're
2: out. Out. Now uh, Wendy Stapleton, this has been. Um, most uh, fascinating not only are you uh, it's all right to be a survivor in the business that uh, we loosely call the entertainment industry but to be successful in it is uh, another story you are not only a survivor but you are extremely successful and uh, it's been a delight to speak to you and we wish you well we hope you uh, don't come down with covid is that the first time you've had covid Third. third do you have the injections. Four. Yeah, that's a, well. There's a great uh, testimonial. Don't get me started. No, don't no, 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 don't get me started. No, no, Let no. me go
1: on, happy. <laughs> no, uh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't had it
0: yet. I have not had COVID well, yet. Well, touch wood. They're, I'm touching uh, it. Don't worry.
2: So delighted uh, that you could come in and uh, speak to us, and uh, we love speaking to you. So well, thank you for uh, you're a me on. Star. Thanks for All asking. All the me. best, Wendy thank you. Stapleton, and we go out with. Uh, not sure that we should mention who we go out with. Well, if my pay, we just, I just play this. I don't know on what basis. Just hit, I'm the, button, to just hit yeah? the button, yeah.